All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the 360 Sports Show, coming to you live through Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. We are live every single Sunday starting at 11 a.m. here with the show. We go for about two hours, a little less, depending on what we have to talk about. But lots to talk about here today. You can reach us through the comment sections of all of those live streams. You can also email the show to the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com. We'll get to that throughout the show and do our mailbag segment if you email us throughout the week. If you can't catch us live, you can catch us as a podcast through Sounder FM or wherever you get your podcasts from. So, with the housekeeping out of the way, I'm Andrew Pazelli. He's Christian Lauber. Christian, I ask, it's crazy. This is episode 52 for us, a year in the books doing this show. Um, <laughs> what a year, right? <laughs> yeah. Did you think the, this would be uh, how we would be doing it? <laughs> well, you know... It, Yes and no, right? Because we talked about, okay, at some point we want to incorporate video. Do we want to do the show live? How would we do that? And so, like, we kind of got to where we wanted to anyways, except me being on this side of the mic and you being in a different place is not because of, oh, our schedules are crazy and this and that. This is the best way. It's because of a worldwide pandemic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the end result, the end ongoing pandemic. The, the end result of us developing the show in this way is, like, what we wanted. It just was not the road <laughs> on top of everything else that happened in the world. Could not, can't yeah. believe that we've done been doing this every Sunday for a year. It's kind of a therapy in a way, actually, when I think about it. It's been yeah, therapeutic. pretty much <laughs> at this uh, point. Um, something that was also therapeutic uh, was the NFL action yesterday. Three full games. Uh when we first announced, you know, hey, you know, they're having the expanded wild card. What is that going to do? Are you just muddying the waters? Uh, after yesterday, I'd say no. I mean, at least this year in the NFL. I mean, maybe on the NFC side, you can say, eh, um, depending on some of the teams. But AFC side, I mean, you had good team. The Dolphins, I think, would have been great in- against any of those opponents yesterday. And yeah. they're the eighth team, and they didn't make it with 10 wins. So at least this year. For the AFC and mostly for the NFC, uh, all the teams that made it, uh, good matchups, uh, and uh, I enjoyed all of it. Uh, and uh, let's just start. We'll just start with the first game, uh, Indy Buffalo. Your reaction to the Bills? What first time in like twenty five years getting a getting a playoff victory, uh, or you know they're close to it. It was ninety nine, right? Last time they had a playoff yeah. victory. Um, so your your reaction to the Bills getting a playoff win? Yeah, I mean, look, they're a good team. Uh, they're kind of rolling at this point. I would say they're probably the best team in football, if you ask me right now. Obviously, the Chiefs are what they are. So we'll see uh, what they look like, but they haven't played yet. So going off what I've seen the last, like, I don't know, five, six weeks, the Bills are right up there. Um, and Josh Allen is good. But Stefan Diggs to me is just he's he has really improved that team. And I think Josh Allen has improved and I think he's very, very good. Uh but Stefan Diggs to me has come in and just kind of taken over. I mean, he's just like every game it feels like he's got, you know, five to seven receptions over a hundred yards. Um yesterday more of the same. A touchdown, 128 on six receptions. So the guy just gets open constantly, and having a guy like that on your team uh, just makes a, a world of a difference. And and they have some other guys as well, but um, between Josh Allen steps forward and Stephon Diggs coming on on board with this team, they're 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 a legitimate threat at this point. I think you can say that for sure. 
And also they've had a defense now for what? I, I don't know, three, four, five years. They've been building something there with uh, yeah. McDermott. So I'm even before that, their defense was, was building with Rex Ryan. Yeah, true. Go true. back six yeah. years. It's been their defense has been a legitimate unit. Yeah. And now you got, you know, you got a legitimate number one uh, in digs and Josh Allen has made, you know, strides here this year. Um, and really he's, he's limited his mistakes. That's the biggest thing. He's got some, he's got some of the tools that you need to be an NFL quarterback. It's just a matter of, can he get that? Like, I don't know, dumb part where he just throws the ball away or throws it to the other team or, you know, he's just got to get that out of his system. And so far, I mean, he's been, he's been very good. Yeah. I mean, I think with a lot of the young quarterbacks who are in the playoffs this year, it comes down to like what you're saying, like, Will they elevate themselves or continue to elevate themselves, or will they revert into the things that uh, that get them in trouble? With right. with Allen, it's it's throwing the ball where it shouldn't be, <laughs> or trying to, trying to trying to force the play. I mean, the guy's got a cannon. Early in his career, first couple of years, you saw him kind of have that Brett Favre thing, where it's like, oh, I can just gun it in there, or yeah. I'm on my back foot, I can huck it deep. Guess what? This ain't college anymore. There's guys that can run that ball down. <laughs> um, so. Uh, as this year, I, I've said before, Josh Allen, I've never gone from a quarterback or any player rather that I saw in his first year or two and thought bust, not only bust, but like inept, can't play yeah. the position, no hope. He's just lost. And, and just feeling like, Hey, great. This guy's back to pass. Awesome. I can't wait to see who we, you know, how this turns out. Fumble, interception, bad throw. Right. To completely swinging the other way where I'm you're terrified if he's throwing the ball you're like uh oh if he gets time it's like oh god he's he's, he's got somebody open this yeah, is gonna be a touchdown right. or, or he's or he's gonna take off and run uh we said last week the pa- the Patriots uh against him sat back right and they just mm-hmm. said like hey it's kind of the same off the defense they played against Deshaun Watson hey Josh Allen go ahead try and beat us uh right. throwing the ball and he did the guy is been surgical uh, I'm so impressed with him. Uh, y- yesterday, that game had everything. You know, I said, oh, yeah, I've been wanting to see. Like, the Bills going to show it to me at different times. And they showed it to me in the regular season down the stretch with, with some of the wins they got uh, and how impressive they were. Playoffs are a different animal. And so to be put on the ropes a little bit, Indy had their chances, man. End of, yeah. the, second ha- uh, end of the second quarter, that fourth down that, that, that they just miss on, you know, that could have put them up 10. Uh the instead you leave points on on the table the missed field goal uh there's plenty of uh, opportunity for for the Colts because the Colts kind of played like that perfect game in a way I mean you knew the defense was just going to try and hang on against what the Bills brought to the table it was about can the offense run the ball can they control yeah. the clock can they try to not turn it over keep keep Allen in that offense on the sideline I mean that offense has been averaging like 40 something points the last five weeks so to hold them to 27 that's job well, well done. I thought the Colts pretty much dominated the first half, and they oh, were still absolutely, down, you know, exactly. So, that's what was I mean, demoralizing. Yeah, when you're that team, was, when you're yeah, that team, I mean, that's the underdog, and you're saying, "Hey, we got to control the clock. We got you got to hope you're like up seven three, and maybe you wish right. you'd up point or you're up ten seven. Having the chance to go up seventeen seven, and then it goes back the other way, and you're trailing. That was just yeah. the gut punch for the Colts, and they were chasing after that. And give them credit; they they had their chances. Um, but you can't, you had to capitalize on those instances if you were going to beat the Bills. Um, 
We'll yep. see what happens to Philip Rivers. I don't know if did he say is he retiring? Is he gonna just be a free agent again? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's gonna do. I mean, he was very emotional after the game. I think to me, if I were him, I think I'd just kind of tie it tie it up there. I don't know. I, I feel like it's time to probably move on. Um but man, Indy is uh I'll say this about Indy. They were in this game, uh they dominated the first half in my opinion, and they just couldn't get ahead. Uh, which is kind of a uh, integral part of the game, so that's not good. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think India is right there. I'll be honest. I think they, their talent level is 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 very good, and they have a lot of pieces. It's just a matter of can they get that guy at the helm to you know Andrew Luck was that guy, but obviously you know things happen. He retired way earlier than people thought. Um, but if Andrew Luck is on this team, I think they're they're making strides towards like a, a legit Super Bowl run. Now, who knows? Because you're kind of in limbo here. Like, is Brissett your guy? Is Rivers come back for another year? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's weird if you're indie. But they hey, maybe they maybe they team. maybe they're the team that, according to Adam Schefter, is going to off Cam offer Cam Newton forty five right. million dollars. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> <sighs> that, we won't, oh, we, won't get it. we we won't get into that right now. Um, we, 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 luckily nothing Cam Newton related to talk about from this past weekend. Um, the middle game, uh, Rams Seahawks coming in, I was picking this game and I said, all right, I looked down everything. Okay. I say advantage Rams, advantage Rams, advantage Rams, advantage Rams, the defense, the offense, the efficiency, the balance yeah. coaching is, uh, could be a toss up quarterback. I say, obviously picking Russell Wilson, but I look at the deficiencies. I say, all right. The, the, the Seahawks can't run the ball. All they do is can throw with Russell Wilson. Their defense is a sieve. Um, this should be the Rams. The Rams should win this game on paper. And But then you think about, well, the Rams on the road this year have turned into a pumpkin. I mean, they've yeah. had some really horrific. Just two weeks ago, 25-9, to 9, right? Just two weeks ago against the, against the Seahawks. They lost to the Jets. Well, that was at home, which was even more alarming. Yeah. Uh, but then that Dolphins game on the road where like Goff was like had negative five fantasy points. <laughs> yeah. He threw like he had like six turnovers like it, something just has not worked for them on the road. And I said, oh, I know it's not Seattle like normal. I know the 12s aren't there. It's not. But Russell Wilson at home on the road. I just I picked with my gut and I and I was wrong because uh, mm-hmm. the, if you really looked at it, Logically, the Rams were the better team all all year. If you just look at what they could do and what they did on paper in the matchups, the Rams went out and did what they should have done. It was just, I think most people were just surprised because Russell Wilson looked like, is he the MVP again this year? That mm-hmm. offense is just, is, is, is tough to stop with. He's tough to stop. Uh, I think people just overvalued Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, and Seattle. And without that crowd... And clearly, no running game and no defense. It's just not the same Seattle that we're used to. See, I thought Seattle went the other way a little bit, though. I thought their defense improved as they went along this year. Um, sure, but when you're starting at literally Cam Newton's throwing for 400 yards against you, what we know now, that's a pretty low bar (laughs) to come up from. Yeah, I mean, I I get that part of it for sure. But I also thought in the latter part of the season, Wilson was not, uh, you know, what he was in the first six weeks where he's just throwing, you know, up and down the field and he's the MVP. Um, so I thought their defense and, and for the most part, I thought their defense was okay in this game. Uh, but I mean, the Rams, the difference in the game is the Rams defense. I mean, the Rams defense is legit. They have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Those are two guys at the, you know, in the front seven 
and in you know in the in the backfield there that are just like un, unreal talent. So, yeah. and when you build off those guys, other than Goff having an injured thumb, uh, I didn't think this game was that close to be honest. I mean, I think if Goff is healthy, not that I think he's anything amazing, but I think there were opportunities there that he missed because of that thumb injury. Yep. And between Cup and Woods, uh, I thought I think they just have a better team. I picked the ultimately I picked the Seahawks because of the quarterback, but that doesn't yeah. really mean much when you know there's not much around you. Does anyone? Uh, I'll say this though: Does anyone think Nikhil Harry is better than DK Metcalf anymore? <laughs> I'd like to hear those people. I love how on the pick six, Metcalf was trying to chase that guy down, and you saw that guy was like he kept looking back like, "Oh God, yeah. Metcalf's yeah. coming!" Uh, but luckily, you know, he he only had to go like thirty yards. Because um, I think if it was if that was like a the same situation, like a full oh, yeah. yard sprint. Caught. Metcalf would have caught that guy. Yeah, you saw he did. He waited to celebrate till he was like right at the one yard line, and he was sticking. He's like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything like this. I'm not gonna do anything yeah. like that. I'm sticking that ball right up. No, 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 no. I scored. Can't hit me. Can't get me. Yeah, just insane. Um, that play, by the way, that interception. Oh my god, what a play! That pick six. Yeah, uh, I mean, text, text. I mean, you watch that in real time. Now, some guys get in trouble for you know. I, I don't I don't know if they ever came back to it. If if I was the Seahawks, I would have seen the way that guy jumped on that, and I would have ran, which the Patriots used to like to do. You kind of like pump fake to the bubble screen, and the guys kind of stalk block for a second, and then right. take off on go routes. We've seen them hit the most recent one that I can think of that was like a big play. Uh, Brady did that with Josh Gordon a couple of years ago. They mm-hmm. faked the screen to Edelman because they'd thrown it a couple times. You pump that, and then you hit Gordon, and I think it was against the Packers, and he went off for like a a touchdown. Yeah. Um I would have I would have come I would have come I would have come back to that if I was the Seahawks like hey they're just yeah. jumping this. It's like when you throw the hitch a couple times then you go hey hitch and go, right? Um you set them up for. It. I would have been like wow, these they read that. I mean that was early in the I mean, just jumped. Fantastic play. Great defensive play. You read it, mm-hmm. you 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 trusted it. I mean that that's Malcolm Butler-esque. You just said, "You know what? Nope. Foot in the ground. I'm going." Yeah. Uh to to get that. Um which was awesome. Uh, if I was a Seahawks, I would have maybe come back to try and <laughs> take advantage of that aggressiveness. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they got down and then they were just chasing. I mean, it's just uh, and like you said, that offense was not as potent as it was earlier earlier uh, in in the year um, for Seattle. So kind of a a dud a, a dud for the Seahawks here to kind of to close things out for them. Uh, good on the Rams. I mean, coming into this year, we said, all right. The Rams, you you didn't completely have a Super Bowl hangover from the loss last year because sometimes we see teams just fall completely apart. Look what happened has happened to the Falcons, right? Uh, after a Super Bowl loss, especially a tough one. Um, they they they're not completely in the tank last year. Hey, you bounce back this year and uh, you you win a playoff game against a a, a quality opponent. Uh, every aside from the Chiefs, I think every single team in the playoffs this year, has a deficiency. The only deficiency I see with Kansas City is just, are they cruising down the stretch and thinking they can flip that switch? Now, they might be capable of it. Um, I don't know. Uh, We we can talk more about that um, when we preview next week's uh, games. But uh, Seattle, you know, all these other teams have a deficiency. For Seattle, it was its defense. Uh, And that comes back to to bite them. the uh, the final game yesterday, uh, Tampa Bay on the road uh, against the seven and nine 
Washington football team. Coming in, I was kind of disappointed Alex Smith wasn't going to get a chance after everything to play and start a playoff right. game. I, I felt really bad for him. However, we were treated <laughs> to Tyler Heineke. Heineken, uh, as as he was dubbed by Cam Newton in, in Carolina. Um, yeah. I, unbelievable, right? I mean, under the circumstances, uh, absolutely unbelievable. I think that game tells you much more about the Bucks, though. Than it does against uh, than it does about Washington, because oh, yeah. coming in okay. we said people thought like could this be an upset Washington with Chase Young? I mean he's calling out Brady, which I said don't poke the goat, dude. That's a bad idea. <laughs> You're young, you'll learn. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean he had a couple of pressures, was, but and then yeah. and then no in the end he got hurt. hurt. He was off the field at yeah. the end of it. Um, I, I thought you know could this be one of those you know they get pressure with four linemen and. They cover and they muck up the game and hey, even if it was Alex Smith, they only score like 17 points, but it's like giant Super Bowl esque type performance, right? You just find a way. There's a helmet catch in there somewhere. Um, yeah, that wasn't the way the game played out. The Bucks let that team hang around. Yeah, it, it tell I, I, after that. I don't know about you. My confidence in the Bucks is still not that high because it's kind of the story of the year. They've played well and beaten the lesser opponents. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna probably have to play the Saints or the Rams, who both throttled them this year. So I, uh, I don't know what the Bucks' future is going forward. In in key situations, the coaching, the talent on the field, phenomenal. But I look at the coaching, the decision making early in the game. It's what fifteen to seven, eight point game, eight point game already. Kick the extra point, you go up nine, two possessions, easy. They decide to go for two, what to make it a clean ten. Why? Instead, you kept it a one-possession game. You literally, you're literally keeping it a single-score game for this other, this inferior team. Uh, end of the game, you're trying to run the ball out. The announcers, all game, ad nauseum, are saying, I'm just kind of waiting for them to go power here with Fournette because they have it inside. If they just want to run inside, they could get like three, four yards yep. easy. Uh, instead, what, you know, what do they do? It's like second and two. They're trying to close out the game. Let's go play action. Five-step drop, Brady gets sacked. Third and long, f- field goal attempt. It was still a single-possession game. <laughs> like, the the, yep. the 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 play calling, Arians, Leftwich, uh, and on defense also, it's like Madden. They want to, like, run four verts, and let's just huck it. Like, and, and that's not, yeah. that, that's, that's boiling it down for too basic for, like, what they do, because they do mix it up. But it seems in these, like, critical situations, they have, these bad tendencies, Arians in that offense, because uh, he's even though Leftwich is making the calls, Arians, you know, is having say in, in those matters. They revert back to, hey, they went vertical uh, on that third. What was it second down or third down on that drive where they were trying to close it out? The Bucks, yeah. Uh, and granted, Brady threw an absolute dime to Mike Evans. Like that throw was oh, unreal. Was yeah, but what are you funny. doing? It's like short yardage. Just run the ball. Bleed the clock. Run the ball, make them use their timeouts. You're up. You're just trying. To, you don't need to score more. What are you trying to prove? Um, and yes, you have Tom Brady and those weapons, and it it looks good. Uh, they win, but I don't feel good if I'm Tampa Bay. I just look at the the, the undisciplined uh, nature of that defense with penalties. They like to blitz. They like to be aggressive. Uh, it gets them in trouble. It gets them in trouble a lot. And I just I just think against a quality opponent. With a non-quarterback you know, who's like basically getting his first NFL action, 
uh, you're playing the Rams or the Saints, or if you yeah. get further and you're playing Green Bay, they're going to have to either go through Los Angeles or New Orleans and then probably Green Bay. Right. Uh, so it's just I don't think necessarily that uh, the path is not getting easier for the Buccaneers. And, yes, it feels good for them to win. Uh, great story for the for the Red uh, – <laughs> For the Washington football team yesterday, but if you're a Tampa fan, I am not confident at all uh, in in that team. Sorry, it's been the same story all year. They're gonna have to play teams that annihilated them. I don't know. Yeah, I mean they they're not good against good competition. I think they're like one in five against teams with winning records this season. Um, and last night they didn't play any you know a team with a winning record. You know they they got they were on the road because the other team won the division in a crap division, but I mean, I, I don't think you can really look at it and say they're any further along. Uh, I don't know how much confidence you can have in Arians. I really don't. Um, he hasn't showed it yet. And they're just, there's going to be times where, I mean, like you said, they lost to the Saint saints twice. And not only did they lose, they got absolutely run off the field. Yeah. And then they lost to the bears as well. So when when they get a good team against them, they they obviously don't play as well. And I think it comes down to number one. There's ways to beat Tom Brady, right? He's not he's not invincible. Uh, you get home with three or four, and that's kind of a, a recipe for disaster if you're the Bucks. But I, I will say this: I think there's still a lot left there for for the Bucks. I mean, I I think there's a, there's always a chance with their offense. We saw this many years with the Patriots and Brady. You have this great offense, but not a great defense. And a lot of times you come up short. Um, and between, you know, the, the one thing I'll say is they, they relatively last night, they did okay uh, on the O-line. I thought they protected him, you know, a lot better, better than, than I've seen. Been. However, I don't know how far that gets you because I think you're going to be facing now teams with winning records, which you don't like to beat. And I, I just don't – the biggest thing for me is I don't trust the coaching. I, I, I just don't trust Arians to make the right call in this in the right situation, the right timeout at the right time. Uh, they're going to, like, become undisciplined all of a sudden, get a bunch of penalties. I, I just don't trust them that. I mean, I, I am rooting for Brady here, um, you know, ultimately, but I just don't know if I have the utmost confidence in this guy to, to coach a Super Bowl-winning team. I just don't see that. Well, that's the thing, you know. They got a they got away. They won yesterday, and they have won in some of the games in spite of the coaching, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was twice. There was early in the game uh, when it was a one score game, second and two. What did they do? And, and the announcer saying, "Hey, Fournette just got eight yards. Let's see them run it again." What do they do? They sub him out. They bring in five wide receivers. What happened? Incomplete. Next play, penalty. Third and long, incomplete punt. Yeah. What are you doing? It's like no – and it's same thing late in the game. It's like short yardage, and they do like a play fake, and they drop back five steps, and Brady gets uh, like – also, on, to on top of just trying to like do make the right play and win the game, in that situation, like Brady got like flipped and bent in half. It's mm -hmm. like the guy's 43. How about you not call – the team is selling out to try and stop you. You think a five-step drop is really what you want right now? You want the guy to get croaked <laughs> and be hurt Keep for going. next week? So that's yeah. the thing. I, I just don't trust their play, their coaching in critical situations. Um, so that's – but, hey, we're going to have more time to pick apart Tampa because they're they're moving on. Um, what did you think about Heineke 
I know we kind of touched it, but I, I thought that was awesome. And hey, that kid clearly, I think it was like, I don't know if it was AC joint. I don't know if they've said today. Well, he did something to his shoulder because he got whacked twice there and was clearly in pain yeah. uh, and gutted it out the rest of that game and gave them a chance to win that game. Uh, yeah. Really, really, really impressed. Some of the throws he made, too, were unbelievable. He was also, better he... hurt than Cam Newton was at times this year. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's He was, what, a practice squad guy off the street? And they wanted a COVID quarterback, right? And here comes this kid, and he can play. Uh, or, or he certainly looks like he can play. This is the first playoff game. I mean, you see the pick, but the interception was batted, and it was kind of fluky almost. Uh, he can run, too. I mean, there was a number of plays. He did uh, a really good move. He, someone I don't remember who it was coming off the left end, and he, like, ducked underneath and, and ran out to the right for, like, 12 yards and got a first down. Uh, this kid was impressive. Uh, and he's, like, 27 already, so there's some maturity there anyway. I don't know if that, that means a whole lot because he hasn't played much, but yeah. so the experience counts. But for a guy that's just thrown in there in a playoff game like this, uh, he did pretty well. I mean, his his QBR and rating was not as good as as Brady, obviously, but he he definitely can play, in my opinion. I mean, he was processing things. Uh, he was making the right reads, and the kid can move too, which was m- the most impressive. I'd never heard of him. I thought he was, you know, just the look of him. He looks like a pocket passer, but if he needs to, he was running outside getting first downs all night. And the one play too, when he was Superman into the end zone there to get the pylon was. The kid can Four, play. Five yards out, he dove and, and extended. Maybe that's when he hurt his shoulder. He's <laughs> trying to ah, go go gadget yeah. his arm. Separated so- uh, shoulder, yeah. Um, Absolutely, absolutely awesome uh, for him. Hey, the Patriots had him, Christian. He was on the Patriots practice squad. I know. <laughs> for like two weeks. <laughs> they had the guy. They had um, the guy. They had the guy twice now. Yeah. And Garoppolo. I do, I do want to share one final note on, on the Tampa-Washington game. Uh, before we move on to getting into today's games, uh, this was a graphic last night that uh, that that the broadcast group uh, had up. Let me get this. Let me get this caption out of the way. Uh, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Uh, you know, comparing Brady to to the great George Blanda. So Brady's the oldest quarterback, uh, oldest player to throw a touchdown pass. Um, but just look at the difference. I mean, Blanda looks like he's sixty. Tom looks like he's like thirty. Yeah, no. I mean, talk about. I mean, I guess the, is that TB12 method? Is that Illuminati oils? You know, essential Tom oils. Versus time. Uh, yeah, like I said, he's got. I don't know what photos. I don't know what compromising information he has on Father Time, uh, or what sort of deals he struck. But that man on the left there, right here, does not. This man does not look. Uh, I don't think he's human. I'm done believing that he's human anymore. He's something else. Yeah, <laughs> he could be from an alternate universe. Who knows? Because this, the guy on the right, is what forty-three, you know, in my mind looks like. Not the guy on the left, <laughs> which is just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he's in his mid-thirties. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like he, I honestly, he, he... I honestly, when I'm forty-three, I hope I look as good as George Blanda looks. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He looks like he's in shape, but Brady looks like he's on something. I don't know what it is. TB12 method, I guess. Yeah. Brady will look like Blando when he's 63 and still probably. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's the final note uh, on uh, on yesterday's games. Uh, We do have uh, Derek in the comment section. Mr. Dragon uh, says, sup, 
Uh, and also, as far as the Bucks' offense goes, I think there's something to be said about the difficulty to effectively coach so many top-level veteran players who have only had one season or less to play with each other. Just look at how hard it was for Brady to get used to throwing to so many rookies on the Pats. Well, that's part. I mean, I think if it was more the early season struggles we saw or them not being on the same page, that was totally part of it. COVID, mm-hmm. uh, one new system, new everything, I think in a normal year it would have been difficult for them. But COVID on top of it, I think, created uh, more struggles for them. At this point in the year, it's less like these guys aren't familiar with each other. It's more about them calling the plays they're calling still uh, in, in, in play calling. Um, there's still there's still some mishaps, though. I mean, you saw that Evans went down for for uh, he was streaking down the right side, I think, and Brady hit him on the back shoulder and he didn't turn around and move. So there's still some things like that where they're not. In the yeah, there's going to be a, a couple of overall. I mean, overall, I I just think. They, they're in a good spot. It's just a matter of can they get them in the right play? I don't know about that. To to that point, though, uh, that uh, Dragon brings up. uh Brady did say he plans to be back in Tampa next year. Like, there's no, like, I'm going to retire after this year. Uh, and that he thinks that they can be better in year two than they were in year one. So at least from, I mean, Brady, Brady himself has, has said that. That's self-explanatory, um, I think, though. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, oh, one thing before we move on, because we, we did bring up the Dolphins not making it. Our apologies to, uh, to Mr. Dark Sage uh, oh, last yeah. week. Who who wanted the uh, the the dolphin? Who did he, what do you want? Dolphins. Um, I forget who he wanted. I don't remember the Super Bowl. who the NFC. I just I think remember it, he wanted the. Dolphins I think he said Dolphins Washington. I think that's he was like I want this weird, yeah. uh, weird underdog situation. So uh, our Paul. Hey, it was it was it was fun while it lasted. Dark Sage. Uh, we we were on board with you, and then three hours later, the Dolphins did uh, didn't do didn't weren't able up. to do their part. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, um, but. Uh, I hope you continue to tune in to the show uh, and, and enjoy the postseason ride with us. Um, so that's it for today's games, uh, or for yesterday's games, rather. Let's uh, let's get into today's games. And uh, usually we do picks at the end, but, you know, the games today start at 1, and we, wanna, we want the listening audience to get this information uh, right out of the gates since we're already speaking so much NFL action. And we'll start with Baltimore and Tennessee, uh, a rematch of a game from, from last postseason. Uh, where Baltimore was obviously last year the number one seed, and uh, or were they? No, they were they were the one or the two. I can't remember now. No, they were the one. They were because, the one. Yeah, because Kansas City was the two. Um, the Pats could have been the two seed last year, which is bonkers to me if they had just beat the Dolphins at home. Um, but uh, obviously, Baltimore is looking for revenge against Tennessee. Uh, what is your analysis uh, and your your predictions here for this Baltimore Tennessee game, Christian? So I'm prepared to pick the Ravens, but I'm not going to, and here's why. They, I don't think Lamar Jackson has won a playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they've nope. been, you know, in the mix here the last couple of years, and they just can't get it done. So I just can't pick that team uh, at this point in time. Uh, will I be surprised if they win? No, because I think uh, there are some flaws on Tennessee, which were not necessarily there last year. Their defense is not great. Uh, it should be a close game. Um, but ultimately I'm just going to pick Tennessee just on the principle of I haven't seen the Ravens do it in the postseason yet, so I can't pick them. Um, and I think Tennessee is a good team. Don't get me wrong, but there's some flaws on that team. Whereas last year they were kind of rolling at the right time and it didn't seem like anybody was going to stop them. I, I won't be surprised if either team wins, it should be close, but I'm going to pick Tennessee because I just feel like they've been there, done that. Uh, 
Hashtag no defense. <laughs> this game, this game could be the fastest yeah. game of the week. Both of these teams can run the ball, uh, so I think this game could fly by. Um, I agree with you. I mean, Baltimore. Lamar Jackson saved John Harbour's job last year because people forget he was kind of like on the hot seat coming into twenty twenty nineteen, 2019. Uh, and uh, obviously they have the year they have and, and, and they, they get Jackson to be, uh, you know, an, an MVP candidate. Uh, and, and the year they had last year, obviously it ends very disappointing. Uh, and they're a little more down to earth this year. And really for Baltimore, I talked about all these young quarterbacks having deficiencies that they need to overcome. Don't turn the ball over, Lamar. Don't fumble the ball. Don't don't throw bonehead interceptions. Uh, that's what really got them into trouble last year against Tennessee was all the turnovers. I mean, Lamar turned the ball over like crazy. Now he had stats wise, you looked at the yards and stuff that he put up. It's like, oh, he had, it wasn't Lamar's fault. Well, yeah, it was. Come on, it, get yeah. beyond the box score here. Uh, he he did not have a good game. Um, so. Can he stay away from those problems? Uh, I, I, if you saw last week, Tennessee, oh, you know, uh, we can have Derrick Henry just run for 250 yards. Like, no big deal. Uh, and I can also, in a pinch, huck the ball 60 yards to uh, A.J. Brown. <laughs> yep. And, and just get, you know, 70 yards in one play. Uh, so I, I just think neither of these teams... They have defenses that make plays, but I just think with how difficult it is to stop Henry and to stop Jackson on the ground, I think I think this could be the best game of the weekend uh, as far as entertainment. Um, and, and, and I just think it, it could be a, a track meet. Um, I, I do want to pick Tennessee because I just feel like, like kind of what you said, I just... I just... There's something... Not, I, I don't... I don't... I don't... I don't feel right about Baltimore. Uh, I, I don't know. And, hey, it, I'm expecting this to be like a one-point game, 35-34 uh, in Tennessee, being Probably. able to to eke it out. Hey, uh, you know, field goal at the end to to, to win it for Tennessee. Um, I think this is one of those, like, whoever has the ball last wins. It's that kind yeah, of I mean, I'll be shocked game. if this game is not in the 30s. Like, if it's not 35, 31, 30, you know, something like that, it's got to be in the 30s. I mean, I, I'll be shocked if it's not because – you look at the two defenses. I mean, Tennessee's in the bottom of the half of the league, you know, in the bottom five in pass defense. And they're like in the middle of the pack in run defense. So the one thing, you know, like you were saying, is don't turn the ball over Lamar. He's going to have to be able to throw in this game, I believe. So, yeah, you know, unless they absolutely go off, he should be able to throw. It's just a matter of can he throw it to his guys. Um, and we've seen some development. I think he's gotten better uh, in terms of passing. But, He's going to have to be able to throw because this Tennessee team is not good against the pass. And if you're not able to do that, I just think you're just going to get run over. I don't think anybody can truly stop Derrick Henry. Yeah, so we're both kind of in lockstep there uh, with, you know, uh, a shootout and and both picking Tennessee. Uh, The middle game. Nobody wants wants to see that, though. Let's get weird. Let's get Kashi. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Okay, yeah, yeah. The middle middle game. Let me get my – I got my Kashi right here, Christian. Hold on. Let's take my – we got a little ASMR here. Um, Chicago. The Chicago Bears. The Bears on the road in New Orleans taking on the Saints. This game is the Saints' story the last six years. 
They have a great regular season. Drew Brees is, is still Drew Brees. Now they've got a running game with Kamara. They've got a defense. They can get pressure. They can cover. And they come home in the divisional round or the wild card round. And a couple years ago, it was in the NFC Championship game. Last year, right, Minnesota, like, they, they should have beat that team. And they just, I don't get it. Is it a Sean Payton thing? Does he just, like, in, in certain spots, you know, I give him credit for the onside kick. Gutsiest call ever in a Super Bowl, right? But there's way too many more of these other ones. Like, what are you doing? Same deal. Why are you throwing? Or, wait, it's a key down. Don't take Drew Brees off the field. They have this, like, thing with Taysom Hill. They just fall in love. I just don't trust this. I love the Saints. I would love for Drew Brees to win another Super Bowl here and maybe ride off into the sunset. Bears sneakily 5-3 and three on the road this year. <laughs> and the Superdome is not the no Superdome this year either. They're 5-3 and three with the, on the road with no fans, though. Like, but, but, I'm, but, but I'm saying, people say, oh, well, it's the Superdome. Mm-mm, not the same Superdome. Um, if the Bears can stop the run today, they have a shot. Because I just feel like New Orleans has this thing where they just they, they play down to all these opponents in the postseason. And I worry it's gonna be like and it's not gonna be it's not gonna be like the Bears are hanging and, and or, or, or winning and run away with it. It's like, oh, the Saints are up three with a chance to like win the game and they decide to bring in Taysom Hill and run some crazy weird option type play. It gets blown up, they settle for a field goal, and the Bears go down the field, get a touchdown and win the game by one. It's like that's how the Saints lose these games. It's not just wrapping up Stefan Diggs. It's trying to like lay him out on a Hail Mary play and he catches the ball and goes 70 yards for a touch. That's how the Saints lose these games. It's they're not going to get dominated. They're not going to get blown out. It's going to be and the Saints will probably be like up 10 at some point. But it just seem that there's just this bad thing this last like 4 or 5 years where they play down to all their postseason opponents and I just want to see them overcome that. But this is I gotta pick a, a major upset somewhere. <laughs> I need I need to. I have I have this itch. I got a bad habit. Um I'm picking the Bears today. I think I think Trubisky gets hurt and Nick Foles has to come in at some point and he leads the comeback. How about that? 26 24, right. Bears. Saints. Go ahead. I'll let you I'll let you go now. Saints. Mitch Trubisky, you just you you lose at, you lose me at Mitch Trubisky, and whether you think Nick Foles is going to come in and save the day, sure that could happen, I guess. Uh, but this Saints team should not lose this game. Um, they're far and away the better team. Michael Thomas is back. Breeze should be looking healthier here. Um, and overall, I just think the Saints are the better team. They're they're they should easily get to at least the conference final, maybe the Super Bowl with the roster that they have. Will they? No, because this is what they do. But uh, I think there's a little something there with the Saints maybe here in the postseason because I think Breeze is done after this year. Um, and, you know, there's times when that can rally some guys. Uh, and overall, I just think their roster is better. They might lose next week. There's no way I'm picking the Bears to beat the Saints today. Uh, the only way they can, like I said, the only way, the Bears must stop the run. If they can't stop the run, no hope because Alvin Kamara just, will run for six touchdowns. I don't even. Need, I, I don't think you need to be that specific. I think if the Bears don't play defense, they're not going to win the game. Uh, so their 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 defense has to kind of at least keep them in at the bare minimum. Maybe get a couple turnovers, at least a turnover, bare minimum. Whatever you did there, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my Kashi pick of the week, just for you, Christian. Uh, Chicago, the Bears. 
Uh, so we'll, we'll have to keep keep an eye on that one. Uh, I'll, I'll be, we'll, we'll see how quickly I'm proven wrong <laughs> on, on that one. Uh, but the final game today, uh, the Sunday night game, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Um, the Sunday night games this year have all stunk for the most part. Like they is Sunday, Monday nights and Thursday nights have been better than Sunday night this year. Uh, so following that trend, I think this is probably going to be the worst game of the day. Uh, and I am picking the Browns. I am picking Cleveland. Pittsburgh, they they clearly, as it's borne out, were a fraud. The word fraudulent has been thrown out a lot in the last like couple weeks. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were a fraud 11-0 and team uh, mm-hmm. because people thought it was a good thing that they lost to the Washington football team. Like, hey, get the pressure of the undefeated season off your chest. Uh, but I was like, really blowing a 14 point lead to a sub 500 team. That's good. That's a good loss. I don't know. And then they followed it up by like a month of putrid play and they had to like stage a massive comeback against the Colts so that they didn't lose the division, um, at the end of the year. Uh, I, I just, I'm not sold on them. Uh, they are, they're not what their record is. I think they're closer to what they were in the second half of the year which is an inconsistent team on offense, turnover prone with Big Ben, uh, and he looks like he's ready to pull the Dan Marino and like throw seven picks and retire. Which yeah. is the game he plays every year the last like six, seven years. He has a bad game in the playoffs, and he comes up and says, oh, he'll talk about how this year was hard and things were difficult, COVID, you know, maybe it's time for me, and he'll play this will-he-won't-he game with Pittsburgh, which is getting really old. He's, he's starting to become Brett Favre for them. Uh, and I just think, you know, it'd be great. It'd be a great story for the Browns to finally get uh, a playoff win in God knows how long, uh, and, uh, to put an end to, to, to their curse. Uh, Browns are just playing better. I mean, they, they almost, I know they lost to the Jets. They almost beat the Jets with like their practice squad. They had to like get guys up to speed in a parking lot right before the game, like outside. And they, and they almost beat the Jets. Uh, given that. So the Browns, I think, have been playing playoff football from like a mental standpoint, like having to win every game for about like five weeks here. And the Steelers kind of like got to 11-0, and and it just seems like they're like, ho-ho, home, just kind of like walking through the rest of the year. And uh, time for them to get just blown blown out. And uh, Big Ben, it's been fun. Uh, Cleveland. See you later. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the Steelers. But I'm not confident in it. I think the Browns obviously are playing much better. The Steelers have lost like in the last like five, six weeks here. They've been like one of the worst teams in football. They're like four out of their last five uh, have been losses. They ended up 12 and four. So that tells you all you need to know. Um, and they played against better competition, obviously. Um, and also they just lost to the Browns uh, by two. So I, I don't know. I'm not confident in picking the Steelers, but there's been some COVID issues with the Browns this week. Um, and whether that kind of, you know, brings them here together and, and they go out and win the game, it won't surprise me. I think the Browns are playing pretty good football here. So I'm picking the Steelers. Uh, I don't know how confident I can I can be in that because I think Nick Chubb is going to have a, uh, have a day um, against this run defense of the Steelers, and they have some injuries issues as well. But I'm just going to go with them because I haven't seen the Browns really do it in crunch time in, this, in these situations. And the Steelers, for all their, you know, for all their flaws and Big Ben – who seems like a guy who just doesn't care ever. 
they've been here and and they've done it before. So I'm going to take the experience and also the COVID issues kind of scares me with the Browns. Yeah, I think we we talked about Allen and we talked about Lamar Jackson about these are young guys with deficiencies that they've been able to keep in their back pocket and not let get the better of them. Same deal with Baker. He's been much better this year about like yeah. stepping up and through the pocket and moving laterally and not just drifting back twenty yards and He's rolling out to his rolling out to his right and then throwing off his back foot. He's been better. What happens in a key game in playoffs? Like, do you mentally like can you stay focused and not do those things? Or do you revert right. back into bad habits? We'll see. I'm with you. I mean, hey, it's Cleveland, right? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. uh, at any moment you're waiting for them, you know, uh to, you know for something just to go horribly wrong. Uh so hey, but guess what? People said that about the Bills too. And and the Bills were able to to hold up their end of the bargain uh yesterday. So uh the way I picked Seattle because of like coach quarterback and experience and history uh and didn't pick the Rams because even though all the matchups said this should be the Rams, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of hedge myself here and do that with this Cleveland Pittsburgh matchup. I think matchup wise, uh, and yes, uh, is the coaching is there? Could you say there's a mismatch there? You know, with experience and same with the quarterback position. Yes, but I just think if you look at what the Browns are and what they can do, and what the Steelers are and what they've done, uh, especially the way they, I think how you've played through December counts for something. Um, December and January, um, so I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Browns again. I think not just because it would be a good story, but because I think they're the better team right now. Yeah. Uh, and if the NFL That's had their way, say. and we had like 18 weeks of football or 17 weeks of football, the Browns would have won this division, and this game would be in Cleveland <laughs> with no fans. With no fans. Which, which I. Were there fans in Buffalo yesterday? Oh, there were fans. Yeah. Like that. I. 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 I, I, I I guess I I had missed the memo. I guess where they were gonna let fans in. Uh, yeah. Maybe did some, did like they pass some referendum like you know at the eleventh hour like hey you know what if we don't let fans into this place they're gonna they'll riot outside the stadium. Uh, I think it was only about like seven seven thousand fans, but it felt like a lot more when you like looked at at the stadium just based on I mean we've seen zero fans for how long now so it looks kind of weird sixty seven hundred out of like, you know, 27,000 or whatever can fit in those stadiums. Uh, oh God, like 60,000. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's incredible. It looks like 6,700 is like 45,000. Yeah. So, I mean, Hey, that was good for them. Uh, you know, I think that was done as, as, like I said, as much out of, you know, uh, Hey, you know, let's reward this fan base. That's, that's been, you know, uh, has had this postseason drought as much as like if we don't let fans in these these people are crazy <laughs> buffalo yeah, they Bill's were, they mafia were tables uh, I was, where i think it was like four or five years ago i i you know the first like video i saw of that did that start four or five years ago with like that first like vine of the guy or is that just something that's always been happening bills fans let me know have you guys always been just deciding to try and like break ribs and hips and shoulders on tables is, is that been going on this whole enough. time i think maybe I, I, the development of social media has helped that along but i wonder if it's going back you know, like 40 years here and they've just kept it going it, somebody needs to write like a, a senior thesis on that like uh social media the advent of social media and its impact on bill's mafia <laughs> yeah obviously that would that would probably work if you're in a sports management or something let us know
Yeah. So, uh, anyway, those are our picks here today. Uh, I'm picking all upsets, at least by the spread. Titans, Titans, Bears, Browns. Uh, And uh, Christian, uh, like you said, after the year I had, I should be in lockstep with you at this point. Uh, not good. Not good at all. But that's that's the NFL action. Those are our picks here for, for, for today. Uh, if you're watching live, I guess I'll I'll, I'll throw up the, the graphics on, on social media. But we'll share it here for, for a second just for uh, for everybody to get a, uh, a peek at it. So there you go. There are our picks uh, for today. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think, I think today is going to be much better than yesterday. And yesterday was great. Uh and I think even though this Browns-Steelers game could be a dud, like it might not be exciting, if the Browns win, that's exciting. Like it'll be exciting to see the Browns win. Um, so, yeah, those are those are the NFL picks for today. Uh, and those games will get started at 1 o'clock. Um, let's move along. Keeping it with football, but uh, changing gears just a bit. Uh, the college football championship is tomorrow. Ohio State, Alabama, this is like the fifth or fifth or sixth, fifth title appearance for uh, Alabama uh, in the last eight years. I mean, crazy uh, for them. Uh, they just seem like they're the standard bearers of this game uh, in, in recent memory. Um, what is your uh, What are your thoughts on that game, and uh, who are you taking in the college football championship tomorrow? Uh, it's a tough. It's a tough take, honestly. I think these teams are relatively close. Um... There's potential here for Justin Fields, though, to go off once again. So uh, I'm not going to bet against him. However, I don't know how you pick against Bama just just based on, like, their track record. Um, so I'm having a tough time uh, tough time picking this one. I think I want to see I, – I guess I'm kind of rooting for Ohio State because I don't want to see Bama just, you know, continue to do this. And also I like watching Fields. That's just, like – uh, which supposedly is dropping in some drafts. I don't. I don't know how that makes any sense. But um, we'll Wait, see. Say what that again. Does. Supposedly McShay this past week, I believe, had him at like number fifteen, going to the Patriots, which I don't see. I think he's probably going to go at like number four, uh, at the latest. So that's where we're at with Fields. Uh, but he thinks I, I like Fields is going to go fifteen. He said. He could go before fifteen, but he put him at fifteen. <laughs> that you discredit yourself with that immediately. So, yeah, um, I'm rooting for Ohio State in terms of who I think will win. Uh, I I don't know how I go against you know how I pick against Bama, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm just gonna go Ohio State because I want to see Fields win this game. I'm I'm. <laughs> Here, let this be a lesson to everybody. Don't trust, don't trust McShay. Trust Brad Kelly. <laughs> oh yeah, Brad Brad Kelly is our guy, and he'll we'll have him on uh, probably sometime in in, in February or, or March to to preview the uh, the NFL draft and, and get his assessment of both uh, how last year went in assessment of NFL rookies and uh, previewing this year's draft and, and all the prospects. That's ridiculous. Fields is going to go in like the top three. He has, um, he has Zach Wilson ahead of uh, Fields right now. No, no shot. Uh, so just to fact check myself, Alabama, this is their eighth time in the national title game since 2009. Uh, yeah, they've ridiculous. won five titles and missed the playoff just once 
the college football playoff just once since its inception in 2014. Uh, so they obviously the experience uh, for them, uh, you know, and usually you don't talk about experience with college teams that much outside of one or two years. But it's like this is just that the, they're trending. I mean, they're this is what yep. they they come into the year saying this is the game we're trying to get to. They're minus uh, nine and a half in this game already, so we'll see if that drops or not. But and um, and, and they should be half, favored. Uh, yeah. But I'm with you. Like Ohio State, you saw it last week, and we, we talked about this, like the difference between Fields and Lawrence, and why I I'm sold a little more on Fields than Lawrence because that Ohio State team, granted, they only get to play six now seven games. But they clearly were playing this year, and they came into that Clemson game last week pissed off. Like, Mm -hmm. they've played this year angry and on a mission and trying to, you know, they last year's loss fueled them uh, in in a big way. Uh, And and I think that they're, they're, they've got that singular focus. Uh, And and I think that that's impressed me about Fields and, and what he was able to do this year and then doing that game last week. And I'm with you. I think he could do that again tomorrow. Uh, and, I, and I'm rooting for that. Um, and it's, it's, not so, it's not as much David and Goliath. Uh, Alabama is not are, – are they one of the best teams in the country? Yes. I don't think that they're the clearing away like it's a – they're not a mile better than Ohio State. Um, and I just think with Fields, what he was able to do last week – they also average eight yards a play. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of that is because of Sermon. Yeah, I mean, Sermon's been very good too, yeah. Sermon has been unreal, averaging eight yards a run. They're yeah. averaging eight yards a play because they're also averaging eight yards on the ground. Uh, and and they did that last week against Clemson. Uh, so I expect this to be a good game. Yeah, I think the latest, you said Alabama's minus nine now. I saw yesterday eight, they were minus yeah, eight and a half. Eight and a half, yeah, eight, eight, eight and a half in, in there. Um, poof. I mean, nobody will be dumb for picking Alabama in this game, right? Yeah. Uh, with with Mac Jones, the way he's played, uh, Devontae Smith, hey, winning the Heisman as a wide receiver, I think that's awesome. Uh, I, I want to see some of that trickle into the NFL. Hey, there's plenty of guys that are non-quarterbacks that should be MVPs uh, some years. Mm-hmm. Uh Without a uh, or, doubt, yeah. So I, uh, you know, it was good to see a non-quarterback get the get the Heisman. Um, I don't know. I'm with you. I just I got a feeling about I got a feeling about Fields. I got a feeling about Ohio State. I just think the way they're running the ball. I, I know Alabama's equipped. Uh, I just feel like Ohio State. Um, I don't know Ohio State's going to start fast, right? And it's going to be upon Alabama to, you know, if Ohio State has two really long drives to start the game, do you hold them to no points, 10 points, 7 points, 6 points? If Ohio State goes down the field to start the game and it's 14 nothing, then then look out. Uh, because now you're going to be playing from behind. Ohio State can run the ball. You get a little more... Uh, aggressive on defense you open yourselves up to big plays mm-hmm. um how healthy is fields is is whatever he had is that going to be affecting True. his ability True. um it, it clearly didn't the rest of that game but that was all last week but that's also because you're in the game and your adrenaline's going uh and whatever shot they gave well him. i can guarantee you his adrenaline will be going tomorrow night so yeah <laughs> naturally or artificially be okay 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm picking Ohio State. Uh, just because you know it's like you know picking against the Big Bad Empire. Like I, I like even though Ohio State has won it and they're a favorite. Um, I kind of downplayed them deserving to be in the top four after only playing six games. Um, I think if they were to go ahead here and win a national championship in the way they've played these that last game and could potentially play tomorrow night, uh, well deserved. Uh, and usually I'm rooting against Alabama. Um, Dragon again in the comment section would love to see Ohio State. So I think I think most people are pulling for Ohio State uh, emotionally uh, and and also I think kind of logically too. So I think we're we're in lockstep there. Well, yeah. To be fair though, let's just preface this by saying like I give you the spread, and once you hear Alabama is minus, you go okay, I'm picking the other team, right? So just by default, you hear oh, they're the favorite, oh. you go the opposite uh, way. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> I'm not. Don't. I'm not that simplistic, Christian. Come on now. Okay. All right. I'm. Be- I'm better than that. <laughs> you think I'm using logic? No. Uh, uh. So yeah. So this. This. The picking this game part of our our college focus. Uh. Obviously, the college world. There's. There's a lot going on. Uh. Each week between uh basketball and and, and hockey yeah. and football. Um. So obviously the football winding down here. So the the, the football championship tomorrow. Hey, you know what? In a way too. Give college football credit. I, I mean, they figured out a way to make this season happen. Uh, yep. I think we were both critical at times of, of the way they did things. But I'll give them credit. They straight up canceled games when it was necessary. They did not play games when they shouldn't have, uh, which which I think is a credit to them. Uh, we, we talk about the NFL just kind of did the you know the birdcage uh, or the uh, bird box thing. It's just like, oh, we're gonna, uh, no, it's not going to look. Um so I do I, think I I think the biggest thing though is that acceptance is key, right? If you have players, coaches, you know whether it's NFL, whether it's NBA, it doesn't matter. If it, if you have an acceptance level of things are going to be different this year, there could be cancellations, there could be starting lineups of like three guys, and you're supposed to have five on the field uh, on the court. You know, there's just you just have to accept these things because the the year that we're in and going back to last year the same way. Things like this are just going to happen. So unfortunately, you know, complaining or, you know, doing whatever you need to do about it, it's not going to do anything. Just just play the games that you can play. Uh, and I think college football did that, you know, relatively well. I mean, they canceled games when, they, when necessary. Some teams didn't play as many games. And you yeah. know what? At the end of the day for this year, that's fine. Yeah. Um, Dragon wanted to know, did Field suffer any serious injury in that Clemson game? I, we don't know. I mean, it, I don't even think Fields knows. So he got hit. the The play yeah. that was the the targeting play. We spent we discussed that ad nauseum last week. We don't need to go back to that. Um, uh, he he got dinged up. Uh, something in the abdominal region, ribs, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Uh, what was kind of the one thing me and Christian both agreed on, which was kind of scary, was this kind of harkened back to those days of Hey, you're fine. Your bell was wrong. Get back out there. They didn't tell him what was wrong. He came back to the sideline in pain, something like his rib pain. You know, he could have had a collapsed lung. His ribs could have been broken. We don't, his, something with his ribs. Cartilage. Are they bruised? Are they broken? We don't know. They have not said. Uh, and he was not told during the game. Uh, and then after the game, immediately went for more MRIs or something. So I'd imagine he knows now. But they haven't said. The exact nature of those injuries have not been disclosed. Uh, all he's said is, I'll be good uh, by, by Monday night. Um, so, I mean, we'll see, you know, obviously a week to rest helps 
also a week could make it worse because you're more aware of like, well, this is legitimately broken now and you're thinking about it. Uh, who knows? Uh, that, that will be the one thing to keep an eye on. Um, but they don't, they have not, there's no official word. And so you won't, you won't get an official word until, and probably like if Ohio state wins and, and he feels us up there holding the trophy, that's I'm like, Justin, you know, how did it, you know, what were you able to fight through this week to get, to get to this? And he'll say something like, Oh, you know, man, I gotta say playing with like six broken ribs and people will be like, what? <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's the scenario, which we'll find out, um, uh, post game somehow. So yeah, I gotta, gotta keep an eye on that. Um, I'd say the only other major thing to bring up in, in, in our college focus will be the announcement this past week that uh, March Madness will happen this year. NCAA has decided they're moving forward. They will have the entire tournament in Indiana. I think this is great. I think this is awesome. They're going to bubble it up. Um, people say, oh, you know, these kids, are they student athletes? Yes. In D1, we know it's a little different. And in a normal circumstance, this is honestly probably better for them to be student-athletes because they're not traveling. They're just staying in one place. They're playing the games. They can still do classes virtually like everybody else is doing right now. Right. Um, in a normal year, March Madness, these guys are bopping around the country. and They're not doing their schoolwork. they got somebody doing it for them. Uh, I'm whoa, sure there are – I'm sure, uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there are guys, okay. uh, and, and, and there are plenty of guys that do their own work, right? But come on, we know. Are, is, are these guys playing a game one night and then going back and, and spending all night doing, doing their homework? No, they're probably, and they're given a break. We know this. They're given a break by their professors. They're allowed to turn in work late. Uh, who knows if, like, uh, a student manager on the team is doing the work for them. Like, mm -hmm. these guys get to just play basketball for about, you know, a month. Um, now, in the bubble, I think it's going to be better. It's going to be better for that. Uh, it's going to be better for these guys to remain as close to being student-athletes as possible, as opposed to just being a traveling basketball team. Uh, I also love March Madness. We were robbed of it last year. Appropriately so. There was no way. They weren't going to be able to set up any sort of bubble. They, nobody had any idea what was going on. It took the NBA months to sort out yeah. how to effectively do something. Same with the NHL. So... Last year, it being canceled made a lot of sense. Uh, nobody argued it. It, it, it sucked because we got robbed of seeing what some teams could do. I'm glad mm -hmm. that they're opting for the bubble and that we will get March Madness this year. It's awesome. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, I think obviously in normal years, they're given the players here are given leeway anyway, like you said. Um, but now in this year, they can do all their work and everything like that virtually, just like, you know, half the country more or more is doing it. And also they can just kind of go to this one place, stay put, practice, play, uh, and then go back to your, your room. And you're, you're in all in one inclusive place here. So you're going to get your dining, all that stuff. This is like a bubble scenario, obviously. And we've seen this work. So I think that's that's what you go off of. Uh, it worked with baseball as well until the tail end when one person got it. But overall the NHL and the NBA were in bubbles for what? Um, like two months. Was oh, yeah. it? I don't even two, two I mean, at least. Right. So I think, I think more than that. I mean, they got there in yeah. sometime in July and I mean, it's true. Yeah. Ended in October. September. So October. Yeah. So it clearly works. Uh, and you know, if the athletes comply, you're, you're going to be fine. And I mean, we've seen this as well. It's not like 
someone on a team gets COVID and it spreads, everybody automatically by default gets it because they're on the same team. Like, it's just not how it works. So, you know, if, if some guy in the bubble gets it, they're isolated from the rest of the team and you continue to play games. I mean, that's just how everybody's doing it. So uh, this is the best case scenario because you want games and you want March Madness and the bubble gives you the best opportunity to kind of fulfill that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, if you have any thoughts or questions or comments, you can uh, <clears throat> drop them in the uh, the comment section of all the live streams. We're live every Sunday starting at 11 a.m. here for the 360 Sports Show on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. You can drop comments on those live streams. You can also email the360sportsshow at gmail.com anytime throughout the live stream and throughout the week. Uh, we'll get to your questions. Uh, if you can't catch us live, you can catch us as a podcast through Sounder FM or wherever you get your podcast from. Just search for the 360 Sports Show. Uh, kind of college related because uh, there's a lot of a lot of college guys there. But uh, World Juniors hockey this week. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of one of those things that happens like in the middle of the night. Nobody necessarily is paying attention. Uh, awesome, Team USA, baby. Uh, Christian, I know, I know you're big on this, so I'll kind of let you take the lead here on the the World Junior thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously you expect Canada to win everything when it comes to hockey, right, just by default. But uh, USA, we're able to shut them out. Um, and it was actually a pretty good game. I mean, I'm excited for hockey to come back here. Um, they won. They ended up winning 2 nothing, uh, And to shut a Canadian team down like that is, is pretty good. And obviously this is, uh, this is also a good story for the NHL because you're going to have a lot of young kids here. Um, from these teams that end up in, you know, obviously McAvoy, if you're a Bruins fan, he was on this team and a bunch of guys come up this route. And if you're playing on a world's USA or Canada team, that's good for the NHL. Cause they're going to be, you know, right up and, and next coming into the league. Yeah. Two, two, nothing game, uh, uh, against, against Canada. So just, I mean, shutout. Yep. The shutout is, is Pretty equally as impressive. Um, uh, in, in that, uh, and there's a lot, there was a lot of talent. Like you said, there's a lot of talent, uh, on that ice. Yeah. I mean, there's, so. a, they're, they're all young too, right? So these kids are what, 18, 19, 20. You're playing on a world team next is the NHL. So obviously this is a good spotlight for them as well in their career. Yeah. Um, also a uh, note. So in addition to the, so a lot of records set by USA players, uh, Team USA video coach Teresa Feaster, first woman to serve as an assistant coach for a gold medal winning team at the tournament, yeah. which I think is cool. We want to keep bringing those things up. Uh, we've yep. talked about Sarah Fuller. We've talked about, um, oh my God, I'm having total brain fart. Oh, coach for the Spurs. Why am I having? Why am I having a, a, a total meltdown here? Um, Hammond, right? Becky Hammond, yeah. Uh, who should have gotten a job in the NBA? She should be coaching the Pacers this year. Oh, she's 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 coming up there. Yeah, she'll be she'll be in there at some point. I would assume one of these next, guys is going to get canned eventually. Next <laughs> next year, uh, hopefully for her. Um, so anytime these things happen again, it just <laughs> women know how to play sports. Women know how to coach sports. Um, people need to get over that. So uh, we're going to bring that up as often as we can. Uh, that kind of wraps up the the college focus. Uh, on to kind of the, we talked about all the good the NBA has done. Uh, they are sitting on the fence right now between letting themselves become the NFL because the COVID situation in the NBA, we're seeing, we're seeing what not being in a bubble looks like. 
And I know these teams are supposed to be like mini bubbles. Like, hey, be responsible. Kind of like the NFL wanted. Be your own bubble. Be responsible mm-hmm. as a team. It's hard because having that many people, uh, for the NFL, so many people, but still with an NBA roster, I mean, you got 17 guys, you got trainers, you got coaches, you got managers, you got all sorts of staff. Um, and then the the circle extends to those people's families. What are those people's families doing? Uh, right. Do you have somebody who had to go to a grocery store? I mean, once it gets in, it can it can get passed around. Um, and the, the COVID situation situation in the NBA right now is a little scary. The Celtics today are only going to be able to field what eight guys. They should not be playing this game. Yeah, something like that. And and the six, you've seen these teams. What Sixers last night only had eight guys. Like, yeah. it's just not smart. They should hit the pause button here and figure out something to do. Is and they have the at least the NBA. I know they have these plans ready. They wanted to try and say, let's play without crowds, and let's play, you know, uh, in home arenas, and and we don't have to do bubbles. They can't logic logistically do a big bubble for every team, and I don't think players would sign on for that either. Because that you're talking about like nine months away from family. They should do a regional bubble. We've talked about this. They they should they should start that. They should take a pause here because they don't want to have to cancel games and and have an imbalance of games. So just stop it for everybody. Hit stop it right now, and say okay, let's break this up by region. Northeast region, Midwest, Southeast, and, and the way they had decided to align it, six teams in in a bubble. You all play each other, and then guess what? Half of you go out, another half come in, and you you quarantine, you test, you acclimate, you play, and and you do regional bubbles. It's the only way you're going to get through. It seems because it, it it seems like it's spreading to these guys on the court, and that's that's the only conclusion we can draw. And you have a team like Washington who plays uh, a guy gets sick, and then they just say, "Okay, well, you 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 guys are are, are gone, but the rest of the team plays." And then now to, today, the Celtics have a whole bunch of guys who can't play. It's it just it doesn't. It's like what we saw with the NFL. It's like, wait a minute, these guys tested positive on a on a Monday, and now you're letting them play on a Thursday, but we don't even know the full extent to what the outbreak might be on the team. NBA's playing far more frequently than the NFL, and we thought the NFL was handling it bad with that. They're also they're also testing frequently though. Um, uh, yes, here's the thing. presumably, true. presumably, based on what I've heard, is theoretically you can't really spread the virus unless you come back with like a positive test. Um, multiple factors on that. I heard that from a doctor, but I obviously. Nobody really knows yet. There's still a long way to go on, you know, figuring out how exactly it spreads. Uh, I I don't necessarily disagree on the regional bubble. I just don't think they're going to do it. I think this is kind of like, I wonder if these leagues kind of took something from the NFL here and they're just saying, like, if these guys want to opt out, they they sure as hell can. Like, nobody's going to, you know, give them any crap for that um, in these weird times. But they're kind of like assuming the rest of, well, COVID could happen. Who knows? And obviously, you're going to have teams like the Rockets we saw earlier in the year. They couldn't play uh, a game, I believe. 76ers last night, they lost a game to Denver because they were, you know, beat up by the virus uh, and and had half their team out. Celtics now, same thing. 
I, I don't think the NBA has any plans to pause at this moment in time. That's just what I'm going off of based on what I've seen. Um, and I think uh, if, if the players are okay with this element of it, then I think you just play the games. Uh, I mean, who would be okay with throwing out, you know, seven out of 15 guys on a floor, but this is kind of what you're doing in these times. I mean, it's weird. I don't think you can theoretically. They should, ex- they, should with... ex- they should expand roster. If that's going to be the case, and you're going to have teams that might have to have eight guys sit, you should expand the ro- or create uh, roster exception rules for like, hey, I can sign so and so off the street for a ten day or a twenty day contract. I think there is, if I'm not mistaken, maybe not exactly like, but I think they had to go through some of that stuff just in case. Um, I mean, my guess would be there's going to be some cancellations along the way or postponements. Um, but I really think this is kind of what the NBA, NFL, and all these te- all these leagues, even the NHL, when they start up here, this is kind of going to be what it is unless the players have a huge gripe. It's yeah. going to be guys are going to miss 10 days. Uh, once they come back negative, they can rejoin the team, and off you go again. Yeah, I I think probably what you'll see is the half measure because I don't think guys right now – I mean, maybe organizationally some teams are doing things internally on their own. But league-wide, it hasn't been mandated, but I'm, I've heard that – they could go to kind of like what the NFL had where every player is wearing one of those like tracer wristbands mm-hmm. uh, to be able to trace contacts and, and keep and you know, know who's been close to who. Um, I guess Ty Lue said uh, last night uh, or recently, you know, it's reminding him, it's starting to remind him of the bubble. And he said, you know, hey, whatever protocols they put in place, we're going to just have to follow those guidelines. The NBA and their players – I have been are I think whatever they decide those guys have just at this point they're going with the flow which I think is good so whatever they decide I, that league works with its players to get this stuff done so you know mm-hmm. I I think uh whatever they do it's going to have the uh the blessing of the players and organizations and ownership uh I I I think whatever they're doing exactly right now clearly I don't think it's sustainable can it work? Can you get games in? Sure. But, I mean, what happens if more guys... What happens if the Celtics only have, like, four guys who aren't in COVID protocol? Like, that's insane. And, and at what point is that such a detriment to that team? And also an injury risk. You know, what if a guy has to play 48 minutes a night for 10 straight days? I mean, uh, teams will start... Yeah. That's when teams and players will start to say, like, I'm worried about my own health, not even just because of COVID, but because of... We do, we joke about load management, but, I mean, it's it's no different. I mean, you know, guys, you need you need to have rotational players for a reason. Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be some contingency here as as the season moves along. Obviously, it's already being tested here early early on. But, again, I, I said this a little bit, you know, further back. I think... We were thinking in spring, summertime that the NFL was going to follow these other teams. I think it's kind of reversed now. I think the NHL and NBA are going to follow the NFL. Wow. Uh, you use your testing, you use your contact tracing, and, you know. Uh, breaking you news. Breaking news on this. The uh, the Dallas Mavericks just shut down their team facility. Uh, yeah. Practice facility has been shut down after the team's second positive test in three days. Maxi Kleber started self-isolation this morning. Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Josh Richardson still quarantining in Denver. <laughs> Contact yeah. tracing being done now. I, I just think there's gonna, something's going to happen this week. I, I just think it, it clearly 
something has to be done. Uh, whether they whether they just hit a pause and reassess uh, and come back with some some updated protocols, whether they decide to figure out a bubble, so, whatever it is, I think this is kind of one of those things that's happening quickly, and they're gonna want to figure something out sooner rather than later and letting it get worse. Yeah. I mean, I'll be interested to see what they do because I, I just don't think you can keep pausing and unpausing a season like that. I mean, there's just, I I mean, I guess you could, but it's just going to go on forever. You're trying to, you know, shorten the season, not lengthen it. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, they're getting tested here early and, and, you know, based on their protocols, I, I would say they're pretty good. So I don't know, you know, how these guys are necessarily getting it. And I'm not going to shame anybody for getting it. You know, who knows? Um, but yeah, the NBA is going to be tested here and we'll see what they do. I'm just trying to, see. I'm going to keep my eyes uh, on this to see if any more uh, news breaks uh, on this because I mean, the NBA, the NBA is quick to respond. I mean, who knows? Mav shut down. NBA could come out within the hour and say, we're going to, we're going to hit pause today. Today's games are at least postponed. Um, the NBA does not wait till like the, 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 till people are knocking down the doors the way the NFL does about public pressure. They, they, they make decisions very quickly. They, Rudy Gobert tested positive three hours later, the NBA said we're shutting the season down back in March. So they, that was, that, that was way back though. Now uh, I think I, you have, you know, I'm you just, just to illustrate enough. the point that they're not, a, they, that they will react quickly, uh, not rashly, yeah. but quickly to, but they, to, they, to they also are thinking of the teams that are you know, don't have positive cases. So it'll be I'm just saying, I mean, like I'm I said, saying they I could think... hit, they could hit pause on, they could determine, Hey, these eight teams, something's going on. And we just want you guys to stop for, for now, for sure. a day, for two days and, and figure something out. I don't know. Uh, yeah. We'll keep I mean, our sure. eye on it. You know, I've uh, shut I, down I, theirs I, and the Celtics yeah. are the same way. Jason Tatum, obviously is the latest, but yeah, there's let's get more teams. There's, let, you know, there's, let's, like let's get said, into that. Um, Celtics, uh, they beat they beat the Wizards. Uh, I almost called them the Washington basketball team. I'm just too <laughs> uh, uh, trained right now not to say the names. I don't think names. the Wizards is on the list to be changed. Something tells me, <laughs> unless some like random, you know, there's there's a bunch of Wizards that are very offended by that name. I don't think that's going anywhere. So we're we're warlocks, not Wizards. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a derogatory term. Uh, yeah, so the Celtics. I mean, they beat they beat the Wizards. Uh, hey, you know what this is doing? This is the, the silver lining to all this. Taco time, baby. Uh, Taco Fall getting serious minutes, and I think proving that he can get serious minutes. I, I, he's that guy. Come on, I don't, I'm not talking about like 25 minutes a game. I'm talking about he's clearly. Smart, I think sure. I think he can be more than a victory cigar yeah, for yeah. for that team. Hey. So let's we we want a little bit of a spark. The guy when he's on the floor, it, it gives some energy. You need you need a little bit of a spark. You want to go out there and at least put a guy that's going to block shot. There was a play where he was completely sealed off from the rim, but his arms are so long oh, yeah. he still blocked a shot, and he was sealed off underneath the basket. Yep. He was behind the hoop. It still blocked a shot. Um, offensively, you know he can catch a lob. He could do something on the fast break. Half court, it, it's a little more it, just set screens uh, yeah, because the, well, he's too slow. He's too slow yeah. in the paint with the ball. Um, There's improvement. Def- defensively, he could get exposed in high pick and roll. But I, he's not – listen, 
he is not like uh, a complete liability out there. And I think he's shown that, hey, no. you need five minutes and a little bit of energy. I think he can bring that. I think he's, I think he's shown that he's earned, I think he's earned that. Yeah. Um, the problem is he's got three other guys in front of him. So it just depends on when you get him in the game. Oh, sure. But, uh, overall, I think the best thing is you can see the improvement that Taco has had. I mean, look, he's running up both ends of the floor, right? So on one end, he you know, gets a rebound and kicks it out. And then the other, he's running back and blocking Russell Westbrook, which is a good sign. There's some, there's improvement there. Um, the problem is the NBA is, you know, heavy on pick and roll and high pick and roll and tacos. That's not really his game. So he's a guy that stands under the basket. And um, there's an element though, of physicality and, and rim protection. Obviously that goes without saying with fall. And I think in spurts, it's okay. You know, if he's out there for too long, you'll, you'll notice it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's not like he is, like you said, he's not like a huge liability when he's in there. It's just a matter of you got to pick and choose your spot on when to get him in and when to get him out. Yeah. And we know that now I said for the yeah. last year, you know, I think they signed him one because they were intrigued on taking a flyer on him. Fans love him. So it was as much about like, Hey, this guy can play in Maine. He'll get, he'll draw fans maybe just from the money, the taco thing, advertising, and and yeah, he was like the victory cigar that they could you know throw in the game and get the crowd fight. People stay in their seats, maybe order another beer because they want to see Taco fall in the game. Um, but I said, hey, situationally in a regular season, play the guy five minutes in like a second quarter if you're down twenty. See what happens. See how he does against Embiid. Maybe you just have him as like to stop one guy. Um, they kept Shemi around to just stop Giannis to be like a brick wall. Right? So find out. Find out what he has. And we didn't get to know. Um, before that game, I wouldn't have been able to tell you, will Taco get really exposed in like ser- yeah. serious minutes? Now you know. You still kind of see his liabilities, but it's not a complete detriment. The guy can function out there on the floor and not hurt you to such a degree that it's it's not worth it. You know now that, hey, if we need to, I feel confident saying, "Hey, Taco, get in the game," and it's not like we're conceding something, which right. I think is good. You need. I'm. It baffles me when coaches don't want to do that. Like, I want to learn about my players in an 82 game regular season. Why not throw Taco out there against Embiid for like five minutes? What happens? They go on a run, and you might lose a game. It's one game in a, in a, in the context of a whole season. Yeah, throwing a guy out there in a playoff game, yeah, makes no sense. That's not the time to be fiddling around. Um, Taco Fall is playing. This will tell you everything you need to know. Taco Fall is playing 20 minutes against the Wizards, and they're up 20, right? Throughout most of the game, second quarter, third quarter. Aaron Neesmith can't see the floor. I think he sucks. I think he does suck. I think he's a guy that, because of his injury, um, Matt Murphy, our, our NBA uh, draft and, and cap analyst, because uh, I asked him about this, he said, We were all sold on Neesmith. I'm like, the kid can shoot. So why is he not out there on the floor? It has to be defense. And and I've watched and his defense. He's lost. He's lost, right? And, and it, but at least I, I'm encouraged by the fact that it's not like something physical where it's like he doesn't have quickness or he doesn't have size or length. Mm-hmm. It's about positioning. And I think he's a guy. What's the difference between Peyton Pritchard and Neesmith? What we said, a four-year player, never missed any time, ready to come in and learn, right? Neesmith, I think, is one of these guys who's suffering from the shortened, you know, the he he was already hurt. You don't get to play it all over the summer. You don't have a summer league. You don't have a preseason. 
So he's learning. He's trying to get his game back, and he's also trying to learn NBA defense on the fly. Yeah. And at a position where I think if he was a point guard like Pritchard is, a little easier, at least because of who you're guarding and it's it's much more reasonable. Neesmith is going to be having to guard guys like three through five in switches, not necessarily mm-hmm. just like point guards. Um, and I just think you're seeing that lack of time coming back to bite Neesmith. I'm not ready to call him a bust. No. Um, I'll be concerned that he's going to if, – if he doesn't get time at some point later in the year just in a limited role, um, and if next year, year two – we're still seeing this with him defensively. I'll start to worry that he's falling into James Young territory, but I'm not. I'm not willing to go there yet. I want to give the kid time, because of all the extenuating circumstances, to get his feet uh, under him. Uh, yeah. It also doesn't I mean, help. It also doesn't help his case that Peyton Pritchard is doing what Peyton Pritchard is doing, which is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, different position though. So I think yeah. Pritchard is good. I mean, Pritchard, you just, just the, you that's can... the optics of being the other rookie who's coming in yeah. playing. Well, you can tell. I mean, Pritchard is mature, and he 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 can come in and play the NBA style of game. Like he had that tip in winner, he just crashed the boards. Smallest guy in the court, you know, many a times. Um, so I think they hit on that one. I mean, I think Pritchard has been very very good early on um, for what you need him for. I don't think he's like I think he's an upgrade over Brad Wanamaker, right? So he's going to come off the bench and give you you know some type of spark. Um, Neesmith, on the other hand has given you nothing and Carson Edwards seems to be like ahead of him on the depth chart when you need like a few minutes. I just, I don't, I don't know if it's that he's that bad in practice and Stevens doesn't want him out there. Cause if he's, he, you know, he's a liability, but you're up 20 something and you blow the lead anyway. Why not give the guy a few minutes? I, I, I don't well, know. That's what I, I'm I, saying. I right. Same thing that. with taco. So, just why not find out what you have yeah. now? Let him learn trial by fire. I agree. But, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I'm not I, obviously. I, I'm kidding when I say he sucks. He hasn't played any. Um, but I would like to see him in the lineup, and obviously we might get that chance now because half the team is out. So, um, but I was just expecting a little bit more, even just spot up shooting. When he's in there, he's like one of four threes, or he's zero for two, or zero for three. Like I want to see that kind of, uh, you know, sniper, so yeah. to speak, that he can come in and give you six points. Celtics play the Heat today, uh, second time uh, this week. Uh, they'll be missing a lot of players. Uh, but they'll be playing for the best record in the NBA. They would have the best record right now if they didn't... Well, you just, can kiss that goodbye. If they didn't lose steam against Detroit, um, you know, they, they, in, in that, you know they, they came back and then just had no gas at the end, they would own the NBA's best record right now. 7-3 uh, and three is, is it. Celtics and Sixers both seven and three. The Suns and the Lakers the injury both, list? Both, both seventy three. Yeah, run through the injury list for today. Injury slash COVID list for the he, Celtics. Here's the here's the Heat's injury list. Gabe Vincent day to day. Who is that? Myers Leonard, Myers Leonard day to day shoulder. The Celtics Romeo Langford out right wrist. Robert Williams the third out health and safety protocols. Javante Green day to day health and safety. Semi day to day health and safety. Tristan Thompson out. Health and safety. Grant Williams out. Health and safety. Kimba Walker out. Left knee. Jalen Brown day to day. Health and safety protocols. Jason Tatum day to day. Health and safety protocols. Next man up. <laughs> oh man. Hey Christian, they canceled the uh, the the G League season, but uh, we're getting the main Red Claws today. Yes. 
you have uh you have Tremont a Waters, of happy birthday, and you get to start again today. You have a, a roster of what, fifteen guys, and they have eight on the injury report. So uh and and two obviously notable uh names there are Tatum and Brown. So yeah. Good night. Two of the best players in the NBA right now. Yeah, uh, with the way they've been playing. Um uh, before we get into, I wanted to just talk briefly about uh, some of the more recent games, some of the statement wins by some other teams. Uh, two big injuries: uh, Markel Fultz going down, looked like a torn ACL. Ugh, I feel so bad for that guy. He was really starting to remove the bust label from himself, uh, and, and yeah. he was playing so well. I hate you hate seeing guys go down with the knee, um, but especially that guy who was really starting to kind of carve carve himself and dig himself out of that bust hole. Um, another one just now, um, uh, Woj just, just, just tweeted this, uh, the wizards, Thomas Bryant just tore his ACL. Uh, so it's another guy, uh, down another good, a good, good young player. So, um, the, the injury thing, uh, uh, again, uh, you hate seeing these guys go down. Um, uh, but I, I just felt really bad for, for Fultz. That one just, that one just got me. Yeah. He's, he's been playing well too. I, honestly, since he's went to uh, since he came to Orlando, he's been playing well. You know, he got out of that situation in Philly, and he's kind of been on the up. I mean, he's been giving you, you know, kind of what maybe not as much as what you expected when he came out of college, but still, I mean, he's been pretty good. And then now this kind of it's just another another battle for him on the on the road of uh, long battles here early on in his career. Yeah. Um... So th- there's been some big wins, some statement wins uh, uh, recently. <laughs> First this. We, two weeks ago, we predicted, we kind of did like a little pick em, you know, like projecting forward. Uh, the Nets are 5-5 five and five right now, which is unbe- unbelievable to me. They've, they've come down to earth. Their defense sucks. You want to do a minute on Kyrie? Is that, yeah. If you want to do a minute on Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, so... Kevin Durant went down with the self, uh, you know, safe and uh, health and safety protocols or whatever they're calling it. He, he's on the COVID list, basically. Uh, and Kyrie just wanted a day off of work, I guess. Supposedly is is what the rumor is. It's personal reasons stemming from. So yes, he he told them it's because of the stuff in Washington. Okay, all right. That he couldn't that... he that he couldn't play because of that. That's. Yeah, I I guess I get it. I'll disagree in the sense that say say something about it. Then take the day off, but like talk about it. I loved what the Celtics and the Heat did the other night. Yeah, agree. Um, I didn't watch a second of that game. I was too. I I it just I couldn't. Some people want you know everybody's different. Some people will say like I, I can't watch what's happening anymore, and I need something else to to to, to watch into. Uh, I kind of just was glued to the news. <laughs> yeah, I did the um, both. Uh, I needed the, the split the screen. Yeah. Um, but I liked what the Celtics and Heat did, uh, taking the knee, walking off, putting out a joint statement, and then saying, we're going to play the game still because it's our responsibility also to try and bring joy and to try and do something positive. Uh, I liked that. Um, saying that you're not going to play what the Bucks did back in the postseason, saying... We're not playing this game, and here's why. Here's how we feel. Here's what we think. These are some things. These are actions I think I'd want our league and our team and our players to take, and they walked off. Here, That's where I kind of get yeah. off with Kyrie is because he just 
He doesn't tell the coaching staff. Well, that's what he I was texts say. his player, his teammates, and then really doesn't say anything more about it. It's like you're 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 saying you're more than a basketball player. Treat me like more than just a basketball player. Respect my feelings and thoughts, and I'm more. But then you don't want to tell us. Tell us. Yeah. Uh, say something about. It. Use the platform. Yeah. I, and so, you know, I would assume his teammates are okay with it, but also... 100%. But but, but he, there's also, he, like, I just feel like there's a certain way to do things, right? Like, you can use your platform, uh, you know, in a way that will hopefully create change, right? Instead of you, like, isolate yourself, your teammates are still going to play games, and then, you know, you just say you don't, you don't want to play because of it, which I understand. I mean... There was an, there's an element that with every team, right? Some of these guys don't want to play. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum chose to play with the Celtics and Heat with the joint statement, and then afterwards they went and stood side by side and gave uh, you know some type of, of speech here before they took questions. There's ways to do it, and I just feel like Kyrie is isolated. He's he like isolated himself. Didn't tell Steve Nash, a new coach in the NBA. He told his teammates, I guess, but then doesn't want to play. So I don't, I don't know, maybe, and I'm not going to knock him for it, but maybe basketball just isn't for you then. I, I don't, I don't know. Like oh, we've, I, been, we've been saying that, yeah. Oh, you don't, you don't want to talk to the media. You don't want to explain yourself. You just want to play basketball and not have to answer questions or, or be yeah. scrutinized. Then guess what, dude, forfeit your salary and go play in the woods. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I understand, <laughs> I understand the outrage, right? That is completely understandable. But I think guys like, in his position where he's on this huge platform, he has the opportunity to at least say something, make a statement, try to create change, right? But I just feel like he's he took a step back as opposed to trying to take a step forward and, and kind of push the envelope on these things. Whereas and other he, guys and he, believe, and he does it he does it to himself though, because yes, are yeah. we are, are we criticizing him without knowing exactly what he's going through? Absolutely. But he antagonizes the media which we are to the point of you know calling us pawns and that he's king so guess what dude when you want to like not play in a game and you just want to walk away and you don't want to tell us why we're going to be critical that's just what's going to happen because i mean you see it all like lebron we get to make up the narrative because you won't tell us (laughs) and and guys like lebron are always in the headlines making statements about things like this Jalen Brown's always in the headlines making statements about this. Giannis was in the headlines, you know, talking, trying to create some type of atmosphere. We always hear from Doc Rivers and Steve Kerr. There's just, I feel like there's just a way to do things. And Kyrie, yeah, he, like you said, he just kind of does this to himself, which is just unfortunate because I think for a guy like that, where young kids, I want to be like Kyrie. I want to, you know, grow up to be this amazing basketball player and have this platform and, and, you know, create some of this change. It's just like you're. I just feel like you're not doing it the right way. If that's what your goal is, which I think it is, I think he's in his heart is in a genuine place. He just doesn't express it that well. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, if you have any thoughts or comments on Kyrie, uh, drop those in the comment section of the live streams uh, or email the three hundred and sixty sports show at gmail dot com. Um, I wanted to talk about. Um, I mean, you run down the standings right now. Sixers and Celtics tied for best record in the East. Then it's Pacers, Magic, who now have lost faults. That does a lot of damage to them. 
we thought they could be one of those teams that's like seven or eight seed. I don't know now. Uh, Bucks, Knicks, Cavs, Hornets, uh, and then the Heat four and four, Nets five and five. I mean, everybody's kind of bunched up. It's you know everybody's two two and a half games separated. Uh, in the West, Suns and Lakers both seven and three. Clippers six and four, Jazz. Uh, and all these teams are five and four: Jazz, Mavericks, Blazers, Spurs, and Warriors. Clippers six and four. People think they're the best team. However, two of those four losses are like a fifty-point absolute bludgeoning. <laughs> which I get it. No Kawhi Leonard. That is no excuse to get absolutely annihilated. And look like you're a rec team of eight-year-olds playing an NBA team. Just that shouldn't happen. One guy yeah. should not make that happen. Um, and then blowing a big lead to the Warriors, who yes are starting to come around and find themselves, but it's still this trend. We talk about teams wanting to learn from themselves. I feel like the Celtics, and, and we, we're not going to know now because of the guys who are out. But they have this like Jekyll and Hyde thing where I've said for them to win a championship, they have to not like have a big lead and then let it become a single possession game in the fourth right. quarter. Or you can't be down big and then get up and, and be having these wild swings in how you play. Play consistently from start to finish. Celtics have to have to still get over that. The Clippers, they're still they I know they shook up this roster a little bit. Maybe more guys have more defined roles. There's a little more ease in that locker room something still ain't right with them and they're still saying it guys after that game are still talking about we need to find ourselves late in games we need to know what we can go to um that's chemistry that's that feel for each other and (laughs) clearly through 10 games it's not there yet and blowing blowing that game to the warriors i don't care if it's the warriors uh i don't care if it's steph curry going off you can't be blowing games like that. It's the the Clippers. I, I don't care. Six and four, they could have a great record. They could be the one or the two seed. If they're still playing like this, yeah. they are not playoff ready. If this is the way they're going to play all year, I'll tell you one thing though. Steph Curry is playing uh, at an insane level right now. Uh, to be fair to the Clippers, because he absolutely just went off on them the other day, um, and that Warriors team was looking like. Oh, they're in trouble, and they're probably going to need to wait a year for Clay to come back, and they're kind of out another year. But Curry has played insane, um, and I still think they got a shot. They when he's going, he's one of the best players in the NBA. So yeah, I'll tell you this: if if anybody asks me who the best team in the NBA is right now, I'll tell you I have no freaking idea because I think uh, it's all over the place right now. You know, maybe in the middle of the season here, if we ever get there, uh, you'll be able to see more defined positions. But right now. Teams are just beating everybody, so it, I I don't know where to look to be honest. Well, we talked about it last week. No home court advantage. It it does right. not exist. And if we're going the route now, where probably fans being in the building or bubbles and these sorts of things are being walked back, then that's going to continue to be the case for the whole year. Yeah, and I think you're just seeing, and we saw it in the restart and and, and in the bubble too. I mean, I know at the end, once you get to the conference finals and the finals. It was more about the talent of the teams and less of about the grind of a season um, mm-hmm. being played out. But it illustrates that in the NBA, it's without fans, it's much closer to the NFL in like that any yeah. given Sunday thing. And it, you really have, if you don't bring your A game, the worst team 
is not that far from the best team in talent. There, you might have like, hey, like let let me look right now. Let's see, uh, the Lakers, LeBron and Giannis. Uh, yes, those guys are better than Carl Anthony Towns and uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell. But D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns are also really good players. And in a single game, in a regular yeah. season, with no fans, you're just basically playing pickup. Yeah, they can beat them. And 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 without the fans of being like in LA in some crazed arena, yeah, it's an it's a much more even playing field uh, than we're used to seeing in the NBA. And I yeah. think that is great. <laughs> yeah. How many times have we come into the NBA the last five years saying, "Well, yep, Warriors, it's over. Why play the season?" Or it's it's the Cavs. Why play? Uh, this year, uh, the last two, three, the last three years now. Go back to going into 20, uh, uh, 2018, 19. Nobody knew. Nobody knew what was gonna gonna be the case. People thought the Warriors, but you know, hey, the, yeah. the, you had the big twos all over the place, right? Uh, yeah. Last year, same deal. Nobody really knew. And yeah, the Lakers were one of the favorites, and they won. But that wasn't evident throughout the entire year. People expected other teams to potentially knock them off the whole way. Um, so that's it's it. I love it. I like the parody. I like not knowing. It's more entertaining. It's a better product. Yeah, as long I as agree. guys are healthy and on the floor. Well, yeah. Now we're getting into like you know you have eight guys to throw on the floor. So uh, this is uh, a question from Pete and Gansett. Will the Olympics in Tokyo 2021 happen? Uh, that is a good question. I know. <laughs> I know they. Let's see. I, I want to see if just as of now they it, it appears. Uh, it's it's still been on track. I want to see if there's any, been any reporting recently. Personally, I can't see how. Because, oh, well, I guess it's true, but. Uh, How's I mean, the world? How's the world gonna feel when we're we're gonna just va- let's vaccinate all the star athletes so they can go play the Olympics? No, I don't think they would do that. But I mean, my point is like some some level of of herd immunity, maybe. I I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, they've said eighty percent vaccination, and then with the you know people that have already had it. So I mean, two hundred days to the Olympics. You got to imagine it's a long ways away. It's a long ways away, and I'd say. If, you know, think about this. In 170 days, give it a month before the Olympics start, because they're not going to want to. Th- th- that's that's like when you'd have to beg out if it's bad still, um, because if it's still in question, like a week or two before, nothing will change. Yeah. Right. Uh, you'd want at, at a minimum a month to say, "Well, we're turning the Olympics into a bubble. We need people from all these countries to get in and get tested and seal it off." I would imagine a month to like let mm-hmm. that whole process play out. Um, sure. So 170 days. Um, obviously, I can't see. Um, however, let's see. Let's. This is this is actually from this is a Japanese report. So uh, bear with me here. I gotta I gotta ferret this out. But it, the headline is that about 80 percent in favor of canceling or postponing Tokyo Olympics. So. Uh, I want to go ahead and uh, and read this. Let's see. Uh, around 80% of people in Japan... Oh, so this was... They polled Japan, the people of Japan. 
Uh, 80% of people in Japan believe the postponed Tokyo Olympics and Paralympics planned for the summer should be canceled or rescheduled. Uh, the weekend telephone survey was conducted as the nation is struggling with a resurgence of novel coronavirus cases that has increased the strain on the country's medical system. In the poll, 35% called for the cancellation of the games, while 44% said the event should be put off um, uh, again, so postponement. Yeah, I mean, it was already supposed to happen last year. Uh, the approval rate for the cabinet of Prime Minister Yoshide Suga stood at 41.3%, down 9% points in the previous survey in December. So it seems the people of Japan are pressuring politically to have this be postponed or canceled again. Um, we'll see. I mean, uh, is it possible for them to pull off a bubble Olympics? Yeah. Uh, but again, this comes down to, like, we trust the NBA with these things. Do we trust the IOC to organize and get these things right? I don't know. I put them on par with the NCAA <laughs> with with decision-making, if not worse. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, this is we'll have to watch and, and see. It seems like they're willing to just plow ahead. Um, but at what point does political pressure mount to not have that happen? And yeah. also, you said 200 days is a long time. Uh, a lot. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody knows at this point. So, <laughs> kind of a. It's it's kind of a tough, you know, question to give a straight answer because obviously I don't think. Who knows where the world will be at that point? Yeah. Um, as we as we close things out here, um, Christian, any uh, any hey NHL starts Wednesday, right? As a, as a little quick hitter. 13. Yeah. NHL opens up on Thursday. The Dallas Stars are already having COVID trouble. So that's your first indication. Um, but yeah, Thursday, 13th. We'll see what we got. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how they go about things and navigate the season. I mean, this is kind of the story now is the NBA is going to have to navigate. NHL is going to have to follow suit uh, in some type of way and, and kind of take the same route or have different protocols. But same deal. Can they get through the season? I want to pull up. Which slate of games will happen for us that we'll be interested in? So, yeah, season starts on Wednesday. Uh, you've got five games that day, and then obviously a whole slate of games the next day. Bruins open the season against the Devils on Thursday at 7. And let me just check quick, and let's see. Between now and next Sunday. So the Bruins will play two games. They'll play the Devils twice. So we'll get to see them versus the Devils. Led uh, by new captain Patrice Bergeron. Yes, as we expected, people expected Berge to 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 be named the captain. Yeah. Um, just kind of picking through the leftovers here before we close things out here. I got a little uh, bit of breaking news here, actually. If you want, uh, I was going to say we out. might have the same thing. You go ahead. I I have some as well, but I'll let I'll let you take it. Take it away. So according to Chris Mortensen, yep. uh, Deshaun Watson is unhappy with the Texans' handling of their hiring process and state of the franchise. Uh, informed speculation, whatever that means is that Watson would consider waiving his no-trade clause to join the Dolphins in a swap for Tua. Crazy. <sighs> That's... Man, That's I mean, talk, ab talk about tearing it down and building it right back up again. Uh, the Dolphins? Oh, boy. They pull that, that off? Yeah. They pull that off, and you've got Deshaun Watson there? That is your quarterback for the next 10 years? He is a legitimate star. And the rest of that team is all ready to go. Yeah. And they'd still have draft capital. Yeah, they'll <laughs> have add. to give up something else, I would imagine, with Tua. But 
if you're the Dolphins and you can make that trade, I think you do it. You put the Sean Watson, quick, quick quick poll here, right? Let's we'll put this out through the show afterwards, but we'll ask the audience right now, listening audience, uh, and you. Deshaun Watson is on the Dolphins. Who's the team to beat in the AFC next year? Miami or Buffalo? Who's better? If Watson is on the Dolphins, uh, yeah. I still think Buffalo. Okay. But it's closer. The gap is, is definitely closer. Uh, but I would still take Buffalo just based on what they've done this season. I think they just expand on that. True. I think the one thing I'd say, but hey, they could fill those needs in the draft. I'd say the skill positions, I like Buffalo's skill set positions better mm-hmm. than Miami's. Yeah. Um, not to say they don't have that they have bad weapons, but Stefan Diggs. I, the Dolphins don't have an answer for Stefan Diggs on on offense. Yeah. Um, I mean, Devontae Parker's pretty good. He's not Stefan Diggs. Though. He's not Stefan Diggs. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm just trying. The, the breaking news here is, is just kind of starting to pour in. So I'm just want to make sure we don't. While we're live and has the time, I just want to just want to skim through and make sure that we don't miss anything. Uh, da, 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 da. This is a little bit of clarification. Um the NBA's trigger for self-isolation due to close exposure is spending 15 or more minutes within six feet of an individual who tests positive. They say this scenario doesn't happen during games, which is why teams don't have to fully isolate. Okay. Makes but sense. also on a game, you might have a guy right in a guy's face like... <laughs> so... Yeah, but yeah, but we've seen NFL games. I mean, it's it 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 really doesn't spread. Now, granted, that's outside, so outside. maybe that helps. But also, that, like, that's that's what talking, I want to know. Yeah, but you're talking linemen right up and like, I don't know. I it never really spread like that in the NFL. So I feel like the NBA is kind of the same way. Yeah, but that's that's the one that's, that's the one question. element that I don't think anybody has a clear answer on, which right. is you put just like 50 people in a stadium in an arena on a court playing a game if there's people who are positive on that court how readily does it spread we i i don't think science has an answer to that yet uh so no, you just have there's... to you just have to go off the precedence of testing and but i mean knowing. look right it's the same way gobert tested positive right and the only person that got infected inside the locker room was donovan mitchell and they sat next to each other but nobody else on the team got it even from mitchell True, so and that's just, and that's but and that's before anybody knew yeah. anything. So that's kind of it's it definitely. There's still so many questions on how exactly it spreads, but just from the NFL standpoint, and you can kind of take it into the NBA in some you know respect. Is it didn't really spread from guys like tussling or tackling or you know blocking each other. It, it at least it seems like you had teams that came out positive after the game that didn't spread it to the other team across the field. So. Uh, still a lot of questions on it, but it doesn't seem like it's gar- It's like a guaranteed thing that just because you played this team, everybody's going to get it now. So, yeah, the NBA has a lot of work to do, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we'll keep. I I think by next week we're going to know a lot because it seems like the cases are, or at least the guys being told to isolate and and put into COVID protocol is is escalating, is increasing. Yeah, uh, facilities like the Mavericks have shut down. Uh, we're we're going to have plenty on that. Uh, subject to speak on next week. So uh, that'll do it this week for uh, for the 360 Sports Show. Uh, Playoffs? 
Playoffs. Uh, Baltimore, Tennessee kicks off in about 15 minutes. Chicago and New Orleans after that. Cleveland and Pittsburgh, the nightcap. Uh, just to uh, to give people the refresher on, on our on our picks, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw these up one last time here for everybody to, to feast on. They're already out uh, on social media. We talked about them uh, earlier in the show. But for those wanting to know, there you go. Those are our picks for today. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. Great, They're gonna, all going to be great games. I just think that Cleveland-Pittsburgh will be the boring one because the Sunday night games have been kind of lackluster all year long. But rooting for the Brownies, Let's go baby. Saints. Yes. I can't wait to come on here next week and talk about Nick Foles coming in out of the phone booth and beating the Saints. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, that'll do it for the 360 Sports Show. We are live every single weekend, Sundays at 11 a.m. here through Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. You can catch us live on those platforms. You can also catch us as a podcast. Just search, search for the 360 Sports Show. We're broadcast through Sounder FM or wherever you get your podcasts from so you can catch us throughout the week you can email the show at any time the 360 sports show at gmail.com and we'll get to those in our mailbag segment thank you for everybody who tuned in for the questions here today enjoy the nfl action stay safe everyone i'm andrew pazelli he's christian lauber and we'll catch you all next week see you later